this is Coach's Chat, and I'm Betsy Foster. You're in for some thoughtful conversations with fitness industry professionals, musings on current topics in the wellness field, and actionable advice for building a thriving career as a fitness professional. At Foster Strength, my mission is to lead and educate colleagues in the fitness industry to deliver client-centered coaching that gets clients real results built on sound scientific principles, encourages them to build a long and fulfilling relationship with exercise, and disrupts toxic fitness culture to foster an inclusive industry. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Coaches Chat. Last Coaches Chat episode of the 2022 calendar year. This has been awesome. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Um, Doing the podcast, creating the podcast is my favorite thing in terms of my sort of content creation. I love listening to podcasts myself because I go on walks or if I'm doing tasks around the house, I just really like to listen. And I think I learn personally, I learn best when I'm listening. Um, Sometimes, you know, I got to hear it many times, but I find that that when I'm listening to something, it kind of soaks in in a way that's more effective for me personally than reading. So I love podcasts. I love being able to um, have these sort of unfiltered conversations, these little snippets of info for you. I love the guest episodes. The whole thing is just like so fun for me. So I mentioned it on my Instagram. I don't remember if I mentioned it in a previous episode, but um, I'm going to go to two episodes a week in 2023. I was doing it a little in the very beginning um, as I was getting started. And then as you may remember, I had a baby and all that stuff, but I'm excited for 2023 because we're going to have two episodes a week coming out on Tuesdays and Fridays, barring any, you know, disasters per se, but I'm very excited about this. So this episode, I think we're on 70. I think this will be 70, will be the last episode of 2022. And so I thought I'd set you up with some tips for the new year and your most successful career year yet. So when we talk about that, when we talk about our most successful career year, we got to define that success. And the only person that can define success for you is you. That's an important, important distinction to make because we have to remember that there are sort of, you know, ideas of success coming in from a lot of different um, input areas in our lives. Maybe there are things that we grew up with. Maybe there are things that we see industry-wise that we see as success. And we have to determine whether these sort of markers of success are ones that we're deciding for ourselves or ones that we're living up to because we think it's the most successful. Um, My business coach, Shantae Cofield, um, the movement maestro, she always talks about what is your enough and that your success is your enough. And, And I have to catch myself a lot on this because for me personally, career is something that brings me such um, satisfaction, such like it drives me. I am an achiever. That's like a personality trait that is has its um, advantages and disadvantages. But it's something that really motivates me and, and something that 
um, more, even more so than motivates, it feeds me, you know, taking on new things, pushing to the next level. That's something that is getting creative, trying the next thing. That's something that really kind of lights my fire and stokes my fire going on. That is not everybody, you know, and, and that's important because we need lots of different people with different skill sets, different interest areas, different, um, definitions of success. And I say that as much as possible. I don't know if the transition worked well there to say that there isn't a better version or not. It's about deciding what works for you. I do think that there's a level of success that we should be striving for as an industry in terms of integrity, in terms of delivering high quality product or service. But that, but that is different than your own career trajectory and your own career success. So defining that for you, and there are probably lots of facets to that. There's, you know, the financial success. There is the maybe positional or role success. So like, what is your role? What's your contribution? Um, What's your impact? What does your free time look like? You know, time and my, for me, Financial success is important. Time success is important, meaning that I have time to do the things that I want to do. So, so I want to work to a level where I have that time. And early in my career, that I didn't have that. And so I worked to get there. Um, it's not a given necessarily. I think that success for me also includes sort of being prolific or, or being a major contributor to my industry, a major contributor to the education and the support and the mentoring of others. That's important to me. For someone else, it may be something different. So before you take any of these tips, think about what that success looks like. What is going to make you happy? And I say that also because as someone who runs their own business, I don't inherently think that running your own business is success. For me, it is the path of success that I want. But for so many people, I think that working for someone else is a, is a very successful route to go. There's um, security, there's a system to work within, there's, you know, maybe, maybe you have a greater footprint in your specific area being able to work within the confines of uh an already established business. And I say that because for me, I'm really trying to coach trainers who are working in commercial gyms primarily or boutique gyms. And I just think there's a lot of success that is untapped there. And so what I'm not saying is like success for you next year is starting your own business or success for you is making a certain amount of money or success. I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying, what does success look like for you? And here are the tips that I have so you can start to shape and create that successful career year for you. Remember, I'm in the business of talking about your career. Now, your career is part of your whole life. And so you can apply these things to the rest of your life as well. But I'm going to give you three tips and I'm going to try to keep it nice and easy and quick so you can listen to this in the hustle and bustle of the end of year stuff. I know everything gets kind of like overwhelming, but maybe you can take these three and and use it as the calendar turns. 
I don't hate the January switch over. I really don't because I think it's like pretty natural to sort of shift at that time. But I think if you're thinking about stuff now, there's nothing to say you can't start these tasks or habits or goals today versus um, when the new year starts. So here are my three tips for your most successful career year yet. One, you're going to remove one thing from your work plate. And maybe it's something that isn't directly from your work plate. It's like from your other light, the rest of your life plate, but it sort of like bleeds into work. But I would maybe start with the work plate. You're going to remove one thing because it's going to free you up to do more things that you like. Now, some things we can't remove. We cannot remove the mandatory meeting that you have to attend as part of your work at your gym. We cannot remove the, um, like, you have to turn in the paperwork to get paid or whatever. We can't, you know, sometimes mundane tasks we can't completely remove. But we can take something that is on us that we've added in and take it away. What does that mean in terms of, of career success? Because we're, we're thinking, uh, obviously, our, our mindset tends to be around adding, adding. What else do I want to do? What else do I want to achieve? By removing one thing, we show ourselves, we signal to ourselves that we don't have to exist in scarcity. This is something that my other business coach, Jill Coleman, says a lot. We don't have to, we, we actually signal to ourselves that we don't have to do this and that we're already um, existing in abundance. So the example that I'm thinking right off the top of my head is, let's say, you know, the, the version of me, wow, the version of me almost 12 years ago had a 9 p.m. client. And I know that the moment when I said I couldn't do the 9 p.m. client anymore and I offered them to another trainer and we figured out who would take over for this client, I knew that I had taken the next step in my career, which sounds silly, but I was saying like, no, I don't have to work till this time anymore. I'm signaling to myself that I have boundaries on my time, that I can feel more well-rested, that the priority is, is gaining clients within the hours that are working for me. And at some point I did, you know, I, I think I was able to because I finally had clients sort of filling those hours that were the ones that I actually wanted to work or more like the ones I wanted to work. So I can think about that. I can think about, you know, if, if you were teaching a group fitness class in addition, or let's say um, for me, I'm actually letting go of my group programming, uh, at least for the time being, as part of my offerings. I had a group programming um, It's great, but I don't think it gives people as many, like as uh, high quality results as my individualized programming goes. I work, I'm, I'm primarily working a lot more with trainers and trainer education. So for me, I need to move away from, um, general population client work in a lot of senses. And so like, I have too many things on the docket. So if I'm working with individual clients in strength sessions, I'm also doing online programming for individual clients. I needed to give away the 
group programming for 2023. So what I'm doing is telling these clients who are existing in that program, I'm suggesting other group programming products and services from coaches that I admire and who do it really well. There are lots of companies who are literally just creating group programs for people and they do it really well. They have efficient systems. It's like delightful. And then they have so many people that the price point for their offer can be really um, approachable, really inclusive. So that's what I'm telling people. And by doing that, I'm freeing up some of my time to focus and like put energy and work hours into the things that I need to do to transform to my next most successful career level or whatever that may be. So taking something away, that's number one, we're going to take something away. And you may need to brainstorm this and you may need to talk it through with a mentor or with a with somebody to kind of think about what is that removing one thing to leave room and to create abundance for yourself moving forward in your career. Um, I'm happy to chat about it if you ever want to. Two, we're going to focus on just one new habit or educational focal point or career um, continuing, I guess, continuing ed task a quarter. So let me say that again. We're going to only focus on one of these things a quarter. Now, what what do I mean by this? Sometimes we go into the year and we're like, I'm going to get so much better at programming this year, or I'm going to learn more about biomechanics. I'm going to do these three certifications. I'm going to get really good at emotional intelligence. I'm going to learn about nutrition. And you like are so excited about all these new things that you try to take them all on. One, you don't have a clear map of like when you're putting focus into any of these areas. And two, you're taking on so much that you ultimately become overwhelmed by all of them and you don't do any of them or you don't do any of them well. So what I'd like you to do is pick one of these things per quarter. I'm not saying you just have to pick one per year because that kind of gets boring and, and you do, you may not need to focus on that given thing for the whole year, but but a quarter is three months at a time. I program for clients three months at a time. That gives us enough time to introduce the movements, train those movements, and see how far we've gone. We can think of it the same way in terms of personal development, professional development, any of those things. So what you're going to do is set one for you know, the January, February, March one for Q2, April, May, June, one for Q3, July, August, September, and Q4, October, November, December. It's probably a good idea to do different kinds of things. So let's say you're going to make your January, your your first Q1 is going to be your FRC stuff. And I'm not saying you learn all the things in that quarter and then you never have to revisit it. But maybe then you transition and you do your mindset work for Q2 and then you do Q3 is your nutrition and your Q4 is your exercise programming or whatever it may be. You just want to narrow it, narrow the focus. So you have something that you can really cue into. If we have too many things, we're not really learning anything. And then give a, give a, 
a time frame where you know that there's an endpoint, you know that you're working towards something, and and what do you want to achieve in those three months? Then you also signal to yourself, I am going to switch. So I don't have to worry about something I'm missing right now because I have another three months in the future where I'm going to be able to focus on that. I think if you separate that into those um, quarters rather than simply like making a list of a thousand goals with no discernible plan of attack, um, you will ultimately be more successful. And, and I think it really does work exactly like how we program exercise. We've got a goal for a mesocycle. We're going to train that way. We don't lose that by switching, but we allow ourselves to um, continue to gain, continue to um, progress because we're not like banging that one subject into the ground for a whole year. So it's, it's very much like periodization. You're going to periodize your education. I know I've said that before. All right. And number three is this is one where I'm actually telling you like a specific kind of thing to do and you can do with it what you want. You are going to schedule a weekly block of time. You determine how much time it is. You may start with 10 minutes. You may start with an hour. You might see how it fits. I always say start small and then increase as you become more successful, but you're going to schedule a weekly block of time for relationship building. Now, this is a broad term. What do I mean by that? I mean schedule time to text people and check in on them. Schedule time to make a few phone calls. Schedule your your relationship building time can be texting old clients and checking in how they're doing. Texting in on current clients, seeing if they need anything. Calling a list of People that you think would might be interested or might benefit from your services. Calling a mentor and asking if you can chat with them or buy them a coffee or pay them for their services. Um, you can, your relationship building time can be being present in your gym space, walking around and talking to members. Your relationship building time can be trying to connect with colleagues in different Areas. It can be in connecting with um, providers in like a referral sort of situation. So like, do you need to go meet some PTs and have conversations with them? The success in all fields, I believe, but certainly in personal training, hinges on your ability to build and maintain relationships. This is client to client. This is trainer to client. This is trainer to trainer. This is trainer to mentor. This is trainer to other professions. We say we're going to do it all the time. And it really is a thing that you could accomplish in 10 minutes a week. You could devote 30 minutes a week or an hour a week. Even an hour a week is like not a lot of time. We say we're going to do it and we don't. Okay, I see it over and over and over again where people are frustrated because they don't have clients or their their career isn't moving forward and they're, you know, sort of complaining about where they are. But what steps have they taken? And the steps that are really important are about relationship building. I have career goals for myself that are going to hinge on some important relationships and you better believe 
I'm going to have this in my calendar too. So I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not going to do. And I'll uh, share it. I'll share some stuff on Instagram about it because I think that could be really useful. But if you actually put that time in, if you say on Thursdays from 3 to 3.30, I'm going to send client texts, doesn't mean you're texting every client that day. You're thinking about two people that you saw two years ago that you're just sending a text that's like, hey, Sarah, it's Betsy. I haven't heard, you know, uh, just thinking about you was was doing some RDLs. I remembered how much you loved that exercise and I wanted to hear how you and the kids were doing. Hope all as well. Boom. You did not solicit anyone. You didn't, you know, this isn't about salesy. This is just about relationships. And when you make it a regular part of the schedule, it then becomes less desperate, less salesy. It's just about, it's just a part of your job. And there are so many avenues to go down in terms of what kinds of relationships can feed, support, and nurture your career in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different ways. So those are the three. I'm going to remind you of the three. Um, For your most successful career year yet, the three tips I'm giving. One, remove one thing, one task, one appointment, one client, whatever that may be. Remove it from your schedule. Signal to yourself um, abundance. Give yourself time to focus on the things you want to focus on and the things that are going to move the dial in in the direction of your ideal success. Two, you're going to focus on one new continuing ed professional or personal development task or focus area a quarter. Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, periodizing your education, your career growth. And number three, you're going to schedule a weekly block, doesn't matter how much time it is, of relationship building time. Nurture different kinds of relationships between clients, between other trainers, with mentors, with teachers, and with people outside your immediate network. All right, those were the three tips for your success. I'd love you to try them out. I'd love for you to tell me how it's going. I'd love for you to swing by my DMs at foster underscore strength or by my email, betsy at bfosterstrong.com anytime to tell me about what's going well for you, what obstacles you're facing. If you have any ideas or thoughts or questions that would make for good podcast episodes, I'd always take suggestions. I think those end up being the best because they're coming from real life situations. And again, it's always just my opinion, my experience, but I am invested in your success. I'm invested in us all lifting each other up to create the, I mean, honestly, the most ideal and impactful industry that we can. Sounds um, idealistic and I'm happy with that. I, I choose to see the world that way and I choose for us to see our, our ability to impact the world in that way. So have an incredible end of the year. Use this time to catch up on any old episodes. Send any of the episodes to your friends. Rate, review, do your thing. 
And um, I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It does not go go unnoticed that you listen. Um, Wishing you an incredible new year and I'll see, well, you'll hear me in the new year in 2023. Until next time, bye.